Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Bob Meissner, and alongside me here is my beautiful wife, Audrey. Yeah, I'm excited for the listeners today because I love our topic, and we've got Dr. Jim Richards here, our expert genius, because we always need one of these on the podcast. Well, you know, an X is a has-been, and a spurt is a drip under pressure, so I, I, guess, it, I guess that makes me an expert. Oh, is that what we're doing? Okay, perfect. Jim, having you with us on the podcast is always a joy. This is a weekly podcast, the Live Transformed series. And for any first-time listeners, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to some previous podcasts uh, simply because I find that this is a real journey. And one links to the other, and you can pick them up in between, and they're completely standalone. But the feedback and the encouragement that we're having from our listeners of the help, you know, that they're receiving uh, just makes it worth it all. So, Jim, thank you so very much. And we got some response from last week's podcast from some of you, and we love hearing from you. And just saying that, wow, I had never been challenged with the question of really where am I craving that acceptance and approval? Because there I will find out who my source really is. Who am Mm -hmm. I tending to feel is my source other than God. We all want Jesus to be our source, and we say, of course, God is our source in our heads. But if we are craving acceptance and approval from somewhere else, it will be an indicator of, you know, who do we really believe is our source. Mm -hmm. So from that last week, Jim, we talked about, you know, really we're talking about the seat of our hearts being that self-confidence and the the worth and and self-worth and all that kind of stuff. But we're going to talk about how it's all rooted in identity today. Right. Absolutely. You know, there, there is nothing, or there are a few things that, that are left out of the gospel that are so life essential as, as identity. You, you know, sadly, almost all of the crucial factors of what we need to know and believe to live victorious lives is pretty much left out of preaching uh, in, in modern Christianity. And, and again, one of those things is identity, because at, at the end of the day, you are going to live your life in exact accordance to who you believe you are. Wow. And, and even though you may try and put forth effort and kind of rise above uh, your, your typical lifestyle, you, the minute you stop putting forth effort or the minute you get tired or the minute you get angry or the minute you let your, your guard down, you're going to go back to living and treating people and relating to the world in exact harmony with, with who you think you are. And that is so encouraging because then if we really do begin to establish our identity and the truth of who Jesus says we are, then life really does become effortless. Like when it all comes down, if I'm going to end up living, you know, my life, is that my day is going to be how I ended up being who I really am, that's kind of comforting in a way. Well, it it is. And and any time our walk with God is hard, it's because we're trying to be someone or something that we don't believe we really are. And, and so that, that's what puts people in the strain. That's what gets people into legalism. That's what gets people into, into trying to work formulas and rules and all of this kind of stuff. When, when the real truth is, if, if, if Jesus is our source, if, 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 if this is where we're looking for our source of acceptance and, and our source of identity, then, then everything that happens in our life is pretty much going to be effortless. 
uh, th- that's when you have to put forth effort to sin. You, you know, no, really. You, you know, when your identity, when your sense of self is, I'm just a saved sinner. Yeah. You know, then then the truth is, you have to put forth effort to live Not be walk that in righteousness. Sinner. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's who you to believe you yourself. are. But the yeah. moment you come to the place where you realize I really am the righteousness of God in Christ, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. then you would actually have to try hard to give in to sin. Because it would be, just it, feel be, so out of character. It would feel like it's against every part of me. Why exactly. would I want to do that? That's like completely arbitrary to who I am. And you know, when you start talking about identity, uh, and I hadn't really thought about you know going in this direction. I don't know how far we're going. But when you start talking about identity, what people don't understand is this is really uh, what connects us to righteousness. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, golly, the, the, the word righteousness is one of those words that, you know, for a lot of people, the minute they hear it, it conjures up all sorts of rules and regulations and, yeah. and, and all this, you know, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, the, the word righteousness is such an interesting word. It's very inclusive. It has a very broad, you know, meaning. And, and you, know, uh, you know, there is no place in the Bible that the word righteousness is independent of moral and ethical character. But again, for a pers- for some people, they take that and they start trying to trying to become righteous by their behavior. Because mm-hmm. I have to work on my character. I have to work yeah. on my integrity or whatever that is. I- exactly. And but but the truth is, you know, the word righteousness can one of the concepts of the word righteousness is uh, as it should be. Now, again, when you hear the phrase, as it should be, you can think about obligation. Okay, so this is how I should be. Well, no, that's, that's really not what it's, it's conveying. There, there's a concept in righteousness. And again, you know, you know, these words don't just have one meaning. You know, the, the, the ancient Jewish scholars always said there's 70 faces to the Torah. And what they meant by that is you can read a passage and you can get 70 different understandings <laughs> of that passage. And usually the one that you're going to get at any given moment is the one that you need to be applying to your life. Yes. It's, yes. it's, 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 it's God's answer to, to your prayers and, and to your hunger. But one of the concepts of righteousness that I just love so much is this, is uh, self-evident. Righteousness is self-evident. In other words, really, everybody knows that righteousness has to do with morality and ethics sure. and godliness. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and if I'm walking in righteousness, uh, if I'm yielding to righteousness or not yielding to righteousness, the real truth, it is self-evident. There's nobody I have to go ask. Uh, there's nobody I have to go. You know, most of the time when people come in for counseling, what they're what they're doing, they're violating every sense of righteousness that they have, and they're really coming in hoping that they'll have a good enough excuse for why they're doing it to justify themselves. And you know, we don't want to go too far down that path today. But but the point is this: is if I believe the truth about who I am in Jesus, if I, you know, if He really is my source, if I really believe that I died with Him, if I really believe that I was buried with Him, if I really believe I'm raised up with Him, if I really believe that I'm hidden in Christ, I'm seated at the right hand of God in Him, you know, if I really, if these are my realities, then that becomes self-evident in the way I live my life. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you get into the effortlessness, you know? Yeah. Right. Uh, Jim, we've we've kind of used self-image, self-worth, identity, and there's, I mean, tons of, of books that have been written, you know, with regards to self-help. Right. You know, with regards to your self-worth and your self-image. But if, if you don't have a, a true identity, is it because then what you're really trying to create is a, a justified reason or a feeling, you know, to be okay with, with my behavior, with the way that I am, to feel good about myself when you're not attached to the truth of your identity? Am, am I asking a does that make sense? Uh, no, it makes sense, and, and I, I think you know. I think it's different for everybody. I don't think there's. I don't think there's. There's one answer to to that question, but I, but I can tell you this. See, see the reason that uh, the reason that most uh, are, are all a self worth teaching and training that leaves God out really ne- it really never produces because number one is putting the person in a position to try to become. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so they're trying to learn enough stuff. They're trying to put enough stuff into practice so that they can start feeling good about themselves based on their performance. So they do the practices of meditating on who they are and who they want yep. to become, and they can even visualize that, all of those kind of things. But, you know, it was interesting. That for, I thought of this for the first time, Jim, when you said, you know, the def, one of the definitions of righteousness is as it should be. That's something that Bob and I often use when we're talking about married marriage conferences and et cetera. But um, my own personal one is, my de- one of my definitions of righteousness is as he sees me. Right. Because when I when I think of righteousness, all I can think of is how he sees me. Right. And that's that's the picture I see. It's not how I see myself, but when he looks at me, he sees mm-hmm. me, you know, that's completely good. beautiful, robed in that beautiful innocent. He restores my innocence and yep. I have this beautiful righteousness that just is breathtaking to him. And I the reason that is so powerful for me as a picture is because when I see the beauty and I actually feel his emotion towards when he sees me and see his smile, I I can't help but why would I not want to be everything right. that that is? Because it actually captures my heart. Oh yeah. And when I when I think of my kids, um, when I say when I see them as that as just so that I believe in them in their. In, in who they really are. They mm-hmm. feel the power of that and it makes them want to be that. So oh, I can yeah. understand why our Father wants us to see ourselves the way He sees us. Absolutely. And and again, though, that gets back to, to the reason why biblically-based self-worth is different. It's because biblically-based self-worth is rooted in uh, our identity with God as the source, with God as the one defining who we are. Our behavior is not defining it. Our spouse is not defining it. Our paycheck is not defining it. God himself is, is defining it. And, there can, and, you know, there can't be any higher source than your creator. No, that's, that's so, great. So, so, so really, you know, that's one of those things where, where you, you're really putting into practice all of these things that we're talking about, even though you're not really working a formula to do it. You know, you're not having to think it through, and you're just saying, "Well, how, you know, how does how does God see me?" And as long as I'm seeing my, uh, myself the way God sees me, 
And, and, and of course, you know, I understand that based on looking at how Jesus treated people, but more than any place else, looking at what he did for me at the cross and discovering yes. the value that God had for me based on the price that Jesus himself paid. And so, you know, when I do that, uh, I can't help but have value for myself. So we talked today about experiencing the identity of Jesus. You know, right. so how how do we help the listener and help Bob and I? How do we together explore the experience of Jesus? Because I know that what we're talking about is what we're really believing in our heart. If we, if I really believe that Jesus sees me the way I just described a few minutes ago, if I truly believe that, my life will be effortless that I'll want to be that person. But how do I get to that place to experience Jesus in that way? Well, you know... Um... One of the key scriptures on effortless transformation is, is over in 1 John 2nd chapter, where it says, Beloved, you know, now are we the sons of God. And that, in other words, that means sons with, with full benefits. And, and uh, you know, in, in many cults, and, and, and it's this way in many denominations and movements that have adopted, they don't know they've adopted cult beliefs, but they, they have, there's this concept, you know, of of as you grow in the anointing or as you grow in revelation or as you grow in, you know, whatever they want you to grow in, that, that, that brings you somehow closer to God. And, and that makes more of what God has available to you. And, that, and that's really a very uh, occult mm -hmm. concept. Mm -hmm. and so he's saying, right now, I'm a son of God. He said, beloved, mm -hmm. now we're the sons of God. And even though he says, even though it doesn't yet appear or manifest. So, so he's saying, even though you can't see this always on the outside, even though it hadn't manifested yeah. in my life, that does not change the reality that at this moment, I am a son of God with full rights, benefits, privileges. In other words, I am a joint heir with Jesus. I can't get any closer to God. I can't do anything to get more of God. This is just my reality. And, and then it goes on to say that at his appearing, and interestingly, that word appearing, again, just has to do with really something manifesting. It's not necessarily talking just about the second coming. It's talking about any time, any time we see him as he is. He says, and, and at his appearing, we shall become like him because we shall see him as he is. So, so the reality of it is the more I see God as he is, and the only way I can see God as he is, is looking at the life, the teaching, the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's the only place I can really see God as he is. You know, yes. interpreting all scripture based on the fact that Jesus said you, you, you hang all of this on love. In other words, until you interpret scripture based on love, then you're not, you don't have the right interpretation. And so... So the, the thing that's powerful about this, though, is, is not only then do we desire to be like him, we just effortlessly transform into that. Because remember, whoever you're looking to for your identity, that becomes your source. And anytime you identify someone as your source, you know, this is, this is, who, I, this is who I want their approval. This is so I'm going to become more and more like them. This is a subconscious thing. You know, I'm going to I'm going to dress like them, I'm going to talk like them, I'm going to you know wh whatever. 
because I want them to ultimately accept me. And this is just the way we're wired. And like I say, we're going to do this with our crew at, at work, if that's who is our source is. We're going to do this with the gang that we run around with, with the friends that we hang out with. You know, we're going to do it in every arena of life. We're going to find a source. And we are going to subconsciously, effortlessly become more and more like them because we are seeking their approval. Well, the thing is, is in Jesus, if we see God as he is, we know we have his approval. We're not, we're not trying to get his approval. We have his approval. And we're not trying, you know, so, so none of this is happening to please God, to make God love us more. It's just happening right out of how God actually created us. Mm -hmm. he, he's given, you know, and this just opens up so many, you know, verses that we're so familiar with. Uh, but this just opens up, you know, worship in such yeah. a, 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 a more, you know, uh, impactful way, you know, that as we behold him, you know, mm -hmm. we, we become more like him. But as well, he's given us everything that we need that pertains to God and into righteousness. He's given us, he's not withholding anything from us. And as, as I'm, as this, you know, just becomes, um, a, a more living reality, you know, within us, this is where I truly want to begin to experience Jesus. And the father sent him and he says, and that's, you know, it makes his words that more impactful. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. You know, him wanting to reveal, you know, God is a God that wants, that is known and wants to be known. He's not holding back, but rather revealing himself to Absolutely. us. Absolutely. And see, the, the, again, there's an occult belief that is embedded in modern Christianity that says that a revelation is when, for some reason, God has finally decided he's going to show you. S something oh that he has previously been hiding from you. But really what a revelation is, a revelation comes when we finally reach a place where, where we are willing to surrender our previously held view and opinion. And so, so God doesn't, <clears throat> doesn't do anything to give us a, a new revelation of him. The moment we surrender our opinion then for the first time we can see beyond that opinion. We can see we can see things a different way. But I can see how that occult belief in Christianity has has just fed that I'm important because I know something you don't know, or I, that right. he showed me something that's a secret. And that's the root of Gnosticism. The yes. whole issue, the whole issue of Gnosticism in the Book of First John is built around the idea that knowledge gives life. Right. And knowledge doesn't give life. Jesus everyone, himself gives life. And that feeling that I'm more important, like I think everyone yep. wants to feel like they're more important than right. anyone else. Like they're super important. And I think that's just that ego in every person wanting to be fed yep. in, in that, that selfish way. You know, you know, I'm, I'm actually just, just this morning, um, uh, I, I got this inspiration that I'm going to do a post on my app and my Facebook yeah. pages. And, and it's basically about this, you know, it's about, you know, revelation comes when we're willing to give up our opinion. And because we're all on our, on a journey, every time, every time we have a revelation, it, it removes some barrier in us seeing God as he is, because 
knowing God is life. But the problem is when we still have religion at the core of our being instead of relationship, then what happens is we fall more in love with the revelation than we do with God. And, and then that, that's when we get dogmatic and we want to fuss about how we see scriptures and right. we want to we force everybody to see it because, you know, you know the, the revelation is supposed to re, be a moving past an obstacle that interferes with seeing God as he is, and, and which should mean we fall more deeply in love with him. But sadly, we live in a day where because this concept of of revelation makes me more anointed, revelation makes me more spiritual, all this kind of stuff, then what happens is people fall in love with the revelation. And instead of running into the arms of God, they run into the arms of that revelation. But then they subconsciously do this same process. They start looking for people who have that same revelation to see if those people will accept them. And before you know, you got a, a little almost cult-like group over here, you know, uh, that, that oh they're all about, you know, they're all about once saved, always saved, or they're all about grace, or they're all about uh, a prophecy, or they're all about something because they love the revelation. You know, you know, that, mm. I don't, I, I don't know all the factors. I mean, I understand a lot of them. I don't know all the factors, but there's just something inherent in, in human nature to avoid the relationship to replace the relationship with anything with knowledge with anything with religion with with good works but but the reality of it is the life is in the relationship it's in knowing and experiencing god so you know today we want to can i jump jump in on that absolutely jump in on that because that is really really um i i believe key and quite quite profound here we want that revelation, but what I want to do is I want to keep removing myself from me. And and the more that I can uh, assimilate or attach myself and become more important, um, you know, that I've got this knowledge, I've got this revelation, then I can remove myself from me and attach myself, you know, with with this object or with this group, this group or but I'm constantly denying me. I don't like me, but I have this. Yep. And because I have this, this thing gives me significance. Then this gives me that value and that worth ah. because I, I really don't like me that much. But because now I have this, this then <clears throat> proves in some form that I, I must be acceptable. I must be you know, um, approved of. Otherwise, God wouldn't give this to me. And, and you know, it gives, and it gives me place. What that, what that shows is that, is that shows that really many people who are seeking revelation are seeking it because they don't feel accepted of God. They That's don't. It. They yes. don't feel like who they are is. That's right. Is, is who God loves, and so, so when. You know, you know, Jesus made an interesting statement, uh, or he said, you know, be it unto you according to your faith. Now, you know, we think of faith as, you know, always believing in God. No, faith is just believing anything in your heart. It's who, it's who do you trust? And so we have experiences based on what we believe. You know, our beliefs define how those experiences are going to go. So if, if, my, if my pursuit of God is around the rejection of myself, 
then even the good things that God does for me and shows to me, I will twist them into some convoluted, self-centered ego trip that to, to try to make that make me feel better about myself instead of knowing that that God loves me just as much right now. You know, I, I, I tell people this all the time. You know, God, I had a great revelation one time just in one scripture in the book of Romans I was reading where it said, you know, that, you know, that, you know, uh, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And, and I'll never forget coming to that realization that God loved me just as much when I was selling drugs to 15-year-olds as he does today, I'm serving. And I, I'm, I'm not saying that pleased him, and I'm not saying right. that made me all right with him, but I'm saying as far as his value for me, right? you know, he, he had that value. Do you think that it, it has a point of, I'm just going to bring in another concept just because of a conversation we're having with my dad last night. We were, I had my parents over, and we were talking about, we were getting to know Janelle's boyfriend, and we're like, you know, who's the favorite in your family? And, you know, you know, dad... Janelle's boyfriend has a bunch of brothers and sisters and you know are you a favorite are you a favorite we're all laughing about who's the favorite and my dad just piped up and said you know I don't love my kids any different there's just no scope of how much I love my kids but some of them are just really good at receiving love so they take it absolutely and that's when Janelle's boyfriend said why not why wouldn't we want to just take every bit of love you know and that said something to me about his character you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, because like, I noticed that the first time I met him, I went, he, I said to my daughter, I like this guy because he really receives my love. Like when I'm feeling love going his direction, he takes it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel that's awesome because then there's this connection that takes place that I'm, I think God, our father in heaven is constantly giving all of us love mm-hmm. and he's saying, who's going to take it? And, Absolutely. And, and you know, again, the way we started our journey with Jesus was just, for most of us, was just totally backwards. You know, we didn't come in and and be taught about the love of God. We didn't come in and 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 go through the process. You know, and I think we've even talked about in these broadcasts. You know, it, it amazes me today the churches that don't baptize anymore. It, you know, and, and the charismatic and word of faith realm, it's just like almost that's insignificant. And, you know, that that's that's the very first ceremony. And the purpose of ceremonies is to mix faith with a, with a physical event so that there's a palpable something that you feel, uh, you know, connected to, to what you're believing in your heart. Yes, yes. And, and that's, why, that's why we're calling this experiencing. Yeah. It's like that's an experience that no one can take away from you. Absolutely. And you know, my, my I was so fortunate. You know, the uh, the first pastors that I had, but you know, my my very first pastor was an old Baptist pastor, and he was he was actually an interim pastor at this church that I decided to go to after I got saved. And uh, you know, and he told me, he said, "Now, Jim, when I plunge you down in that water, he said, you in your heart, you just be acknowledging and thinking about. You know, he didn't know about meditation or that kind of thing, but he said, you just be thinking about the fact that you died with Christ, and when he was buried, your old man was buried, and he said, you just be connected to the fact that that, that old man is dead, and and he has no power over you anymore. And he said, when I and he said when I snatch you up out of that water, he, and of course he's a country fellow, you know, <laughs> when I snatch you up out of that water. He said, in your heart, you connect to the fact that when Jesus was raised up, you you were raised up. And I'll never forget, he said, Jim, this is where you drive the nail in the wall. 
Wow. And, and, and he said, and this is where you hang the old man. You drive a nail on the wall, and he said, you hang all of your past on this nail, and you walk off and leave it because you're a new creation. Man, I, love it. I can't believe that people don't get that start. You know, yeah. that, that, that start right off the bat of, I died with Christ, I'm raised up with Christ, I'm a new creation. And, and, and you know, our whole journey should have started around our identity and around the love of God. And so, so for the person that's wanting to, to establish their, their heart in this, first of all, uh, you know, the measure you meet is a measure that comes back to you. If you're not willing to invest any part of your life or time or energy into this, then you're not going to get anything back. And, you know, I, I, I think I shared you know, with this back in 1982, I made the decision that every single day for the rest of my life, I would do something that causes me to be reminded and reconnected to the love of God. And, you know, a lot of that was re just re reading Scripture, reading every Scripture in the Bible about the love of God and, and meditating on those Scriptures. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of ways that it did, but, but we've, we've got to, you know, we've got to renew our minds. That's always part of it. We've got to renew our minds. And then we've got to experientially interact with God in a way that is not just information, but it is a true life experience. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I tell people all the time, you know, uh, having a marriage license hanging on the wall uh, apart from romance is pretty much meaningless. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean you're going to have a good marriage. It doesn't mean you're going to stay married. It just means right now you're legally married. And sadly, a lot of people are just legally married to God. They got the marriage license and, yeah. you know, and, 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 and that's about it because they're not in the middle of this incredible romance. Of course, people are like, Jim, I don't, I don't understand what you mean by that. I, I don't under, how do you have this romance with God? Well, the real truth is nobody can figure out how you're going to do that but you. Right, because there's no there's no romance that's going to look the same. Like my relationship with God will not look like yours or Bob's or anyone else on this earth because he's that infinitely my creator and he has this way of knowing me. And I'm talking to you, listener, like like he knows you and and everything that makes you excited, everything that makes you feel comforted, everything that makes you um, just come alive. There's nobody that knows that more than him. So he is going to, if you if you receive, allow him to love you in that place, that's all it really, that's all he's asking is let me love you for who you are so we can develop this romance and this, and you know, I love that God is so multifaceted. He is so much a romance, but he, then he's so much my dad, you know, where we walk and talk with my dad and he he, you know, we go on adventures and, and, and people go, what kind of experience is that? The other day in the desert, um, I wasn't feeling great. I'm going to be honest. That's everybody, you guys. None of us just wake up with a spring in our step and we're ready for our day. I mean, those are great days and sure we can do things to, um, to, to nurture that in our life. But on this day I was taking a walk and I needed a walk, if you know what I mean. I needed to take a walk alone with God. And I was just listening to music and then halfway through my walk and I'm in the middle of nowhere, I just started using my mouth. There's something about saying words and saying, nope, I have a God that's victorious. I love the word victory. I love the word breakthrough. I'm just gonna start saying those words, breakthrough, victory. I'm in agreement with God. And I started getting kind of adamant, like, 
I, you know, who God is. He's a mighty warrior. He, and I, and I just felt like my king, my, who happens to be my dad, like I happen to have my dad as the king. He's like, let's do this together. And I just shot some arrows into the fear of the future. I shot some arrows into the fear of failure and said, take that, you filthy animal. You know, like you're not getting me. And I just felt this. And then I just felt like after that, I just walked and talked with my dad and he laughed at me. He said, man, that was fun. I said, yeah, that was great. <laughs> like we nailed them. Like this, we're taking the plunder. We're going. And, and people have to understand if they're if their experience is not like that that doesn't mean they're not having a real experience oh please i really i share this with fear and trembling because i know not everyone gets it or yeah. has to get it but i'm saying find how you experience yeah. god for you well the, I, I, the one constant that it is involved in effortless transformation and you you know there's a lot of words you could use you could use you know thought reflection meditation contemplation that is the one constant if we're going if we're going to experience, experience this right yeah. you know um and, and when when the children of Israel were coming you know in the desert and you remember when the serpents began to bite them and and Moses put a you know serpent on a pole and uh, told the people, if, you know, if they would look at the pole, look at the serpent on the, on the pole, that they would, uh, you know, that they would be healed. Well, you know, we know that the serpent on the pole represents Jesus becoming sin. We 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 know that. And but what's interesting is the 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 word used where it says to look or gaze upon the serpent is not just a glance at it. It's it's really to look at it and ponder it, and you know, and think about what this means and so so these people didn't just go out and look out there and go okay i need to get healed yeah, now done. did that yeah you know they would stand there and contemplate what that what that might mean and whatever god might say to them about you know, about what that means so so that's one of the things we have to realize there is no connecting to who god is experientially apart from some type of reflection, meditation, pondering, and considering. So once we, you know, as we're renewing our mind with the scripture, and see, most people are just going to stop there. They're going to renew their mind. So this is going to be a mental thing, and they're not going to ever bring this into their their secret place with God. But once you renew your mind, the question is, what are these truths that I'm learning about the love of God? What does this mean about me and God? What does this look like if I if this is what I choose to believe? What do I look like if I really believe this? And so, you know, as you know, I, you know, I, through heart physics and all kinds of other tools, you know, we teach people how, how biblical meditation works. And, and that's how I got to this place that I'm talking to you about with, yeah. with the Father, you know, yeah. because it was from doing heart physics and, and you helping me to understand that I can just go there to my mm -hmm. secret place. I don't have to just kind of think there is one maybe for some people. Right. I think this is accessible for everyone and and heart physics just taught me to to get to that place. And Bob, you would say the same thing about you with heart physics. Well, absolutely. And it was it was key. It was absolutely new for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I first when I first was introduced to it, uh, you know, now you know over twenty years ago, and it was absolutely new. So I think you know as. In this episode, as we begin to talk about this and in experiencing, you know, the love of God, this for many, you know, uh, followers uh, can be um, a new thought that they haven't had before. Yeah, they they 
in some ways they kind of understand the renewing of the mind uh, in you know a little bit but even with that comes a lot of effort and struggle yeah. and discipline and stopping this and starting that mm-hmm. but where it really becomes tangible within your own heart and life is when you begin to put thought meditation, when you begin to look and you begin to ponder and you begin to consider, when you begin to see the truth of that reality, okay, of his reality becoming my reality, Mm -hmm. of his reality really being mine. And when that becomes my experience, then really I, I like to see it for myself is this is the great shift. I'm choosing to step into and to come into an agreement with how he sees me, you know, with with what truly his view of me mm-hmm. really really is, and his opinion of me and this situation. I tell you, for me, I can give a lot of energy and a lot of mental effort to fixing situations, to wanting to make things right, to do the right thing. And boy, I can exhaust myself. <laughs> yeah. I can, it's, it becomes extremely wearing on me. But when I quiet myself and I begin to truly experience his love, as Jim, you were saying earlier, experience his love on a daily basis. When those become my reality, when I take that time, then I, I begin to find the peace. Yeah. And then the solutions become far more effortless and it and it's not the hardship and the struggle but rather it's the being you know who he's designed and created me to be as a husband as a father as an individual as a son you see when when i rest in my sonship mm-hmm. life goes a whole lot better for me absolutely and so I know, Jim, that, I mean, heart physics isn't the only way that you can experience God, but it's certainly a tool that you developed. And, and can you just sort of help the listener understand what it, heart physics means and what that is? Well, you're, and you're right. Heart physics is just a tool to, to uh, help people uh, make the journey in relating to God from their heart and becoming aware of God in their heart being able to hear the voice of God in their heart. And that all happens by first and foremost, just learning how to get out of your intellectual mind and get yeah. in touch with your heart. Right. And, and you know, there's, there's dozens and dozens of scriptures that you don't see it. I mean, even though the word meditate is used many times in, in the King James Version of the Bible, there's dozens and dozens of scriptures that you can't tell because of the way they translated them. And, and you start understanding that really all along contemplation and meditation, which it, and all meditation really is, is where you think on, ponder, or imagine something until it feels like it's real, until you begin to experience it as, as mm-hmm. being real. And, you know, for example, you know, in Heart Physics Essentials, one of the, one of the things we do is we take people through this this internal exercise where they learn to relax because the truth is if you're not relaxed your your intellectual brain is still in control and so you you have to get relaxed and um, and then in that relaxed state you turn in all of your focus to God uh, and turn you know your focus to Jesus but we we lead people through 
a, a, a metaphorical experience. And this is uh, with a CD. This is an yeah, audio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So somebody's got, you know you're being guided through it. You're not having to do all this on your own. But we we lead people through the experience of Jesus actually stepping in them. Because see the very core of of living out of your heart starts with the fact that Christ in me is the hope of glory, and so. So most people are relating to God as out there somewhere, and they're trying to get God to come to where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to church, and all the songs are, most of all the worship songs are really unscriptural. You know, it's like, God, come here. God, we're waiting for you. God, pour, <laughs> pour out your spirit. God, you know, it's always like God, we're waiting on God, and, and, you know, if God will just show up and do something, then we can find, that's, you know, and I'm not just trying to be critical, but that's really unscriptural. And really, you know, worship is, is a form of meditation. Because meditation happens with a combination of information and emotion. So we're singing these unscriptural songs, and they're good songs, and they have an emotional appeal. And so, man, you know, we're, we're inwardly creating this experience of, I am waiting on God. I don't know where he is. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> and, and we want to move people from that to, first and foremost, having this abiding awareness of Christ in you. And that, that is the shifting point for, for life working as a new believer, that's a shift point uh, uh, for for uh, really allowing Jesus to e- express Himself in you, and so so you know, heart physics is based on the biblical principles of meditation, where we start relating to God in our heart and and getting to where we recognize His voice in our heart, and you know, life gets incredibly incredibly simple when when you recognize God's voice and you trust him life gets incredibly simple when when you know grace everything that God does works from our heart so if we if we've got our heart shut off because we're relating to God and trying to live life through our intellectual mind then the real truth is grace isn't working in our life nothing's working in our life other than our willpower and your willpower you know eventually eventually runs out so you know for the last I don't even know how many years you know we've had heart physics out there, we get the most incredible testimonies almost every day in this ministry about people getting healed, about people turning their businesses around, turning their marriages around, you know, turning any number of aspects of their life around just because they got in touch with Christ in them mm-hmm. and and started having this capability, not only of hearing his voice, but sensing the strength and the power and yes. the identity and all, all that kind of stuff. So. Yes. You know, and it's a, you know, it's a it's a life altering program. You know, like Heart Physics Essential, which is the starting program, is a thirty day program. This means every day for thirty days, you're going to get up and and instead of trying to acquire more information, you're going to get up and you're going to do something to connect to God personally. Right, and it's going to take how long every day? Uh, you know, uh, it's probably going to take about thirty to forty five minutes uh, mm-hmm. every day, which because every day mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be taught a little something, but then you're going to put something into practice. And mm-hmm. the key is not the information. The key is no. finally putting stuff in practice because we're trapped yeah. into that thing where we think the information is the life. We think the, exactly. you know, we fall in love with the revelation. We want the revelation. We think that's going to change us and it won't. What, what changes us is how that revelation inspires and empowers us to, to connect to God in a deeper way. <laughs> What he just said there is so true. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that's the way I initially 
connected and, and used the program yeah. of Heart Physics Essentials is that I just wanted the information because I, I knew that if I had the right answers, you'd be better. Then I'd be better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just want to be able to answer answer the right questions yeah. and, and, you know, pass the test. Yeah. And so I used it first and foremost was just to this whole intellectual mind game kind yeah. of thing. I'm going to get it. You know, I'm yeah. going to figure this all out. And that was exhausting. <laughs> and um, but you here, pushed through. I pushed through. But here's here's what happened. It, it just you know, for our, our listeners, is that I I began to work and and listen and tr- you know really trying to learn uh, biblical meditation. But m- I have a real problem with thinking I'm smarter than I am, and um, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so don't we all? This, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as you say, welcome to the human race. <laughs> but here's what happened: is that after I had. Uh, uh, begun a uh, heart physics was when you and I we had our marriage crisis yeah and it was like all of a sudden you know what I had learned it just through my entire life all came into question yeah. you know from my youngest childhood memory up until that moment and it was like all this information really isn't helping much right and it was it was that crisis moment that drove me to begin to experience the truth of my identity Hmm. and to really begin to experience the truth of my dignity, my value, my worth. And God began to heal my heart, Mm. you see. And that's where I get emotional. Yeah. Because it wasn't just our marriage, it was me. Yeah. And and it was God getting a hold of me. And that's where, um, you know, the, the heart physics essentials and then the other programs and just... Um, um, it, it it just connected me right. to the extravagance of His love, and no longer was that then just an intellectual understanding, but rather it became a personal experience, and His realities began to become yep. mine, and I was and I've been forever changed. So, but, so you know, because the heart affects how we feel, it affects yes. our deep rooted abiding feelings. And, and actually, I can remember, I think, you know, having this conversation one time. It's like, Bob, you know, uh, you know, you got a lot of good information, but it's not changing how you feel. And you got <laughs> you, you, you got to feel different about yourself. You got to feel different about Audrey. Yeah. You got to feel different. And, and you know, and, and that's the wonderful thing about the heart. When you believe something in your heart, your feelings, not just your emotions, your feelings change. Yes. And and that's that's the power of, of and that's that's really why when you have your identity established in your heart, not just in your mind, you feel different about who you are. You feel yeah. different about what you will let yourself do and not let yourself do. Right. And and we attach so much uh, of our feelings to being circumstantial. So if the circumstances would change, if every everyone else would yep. change, then I would feel better. Mm-hmm. Yep. You see, and so then that's where we begin to point and blame and judge and be critical of others. Mm-hmm. But I live from my heart, right. and so when I began to allow the Lord to heal my heart, yeah. then my feelings changed, and your situation, the circumstances may not change. Right. 
but everything with me can. That's why you can be at peace in the midst of chaos or in the midst of the yep. storm. Yeah. It's because you're attached to the truth of your identity. So powerful. Jim, I feel like we've really, really delved deep into this experiencing Jesus in our identity. Well, I, th- I, th- I believe really what's happening is, is people are hearing this deep invitation. And, you know, the, the, the program, you know, let it be a tool. You know the heart physics essentials. Let use that tool, okay? Because what we said earlier in the program is absolutely key right now. You, what we want you to do is to experience and to tie into, you know, experiencing and knowing God. We want you to experience Jesus. We want you to experience His love. It's not about getting the information. You know, it's not about, you know, getting, quote, the revelation. If you get the revelation and you fall more in love with Jesus, then, then you got it. Yahoo! Then you got it. <laughs> so I feel like, Jim, that we've covered this identity with Jesus and that we're starting to experience. And I just want to thank you for all your help in this, very personally for Bob and I, but also for helping the listener today. And I, I believe that many people will just go to Live Transformed dot com and look at that heart physics program for yourself. So I want to thank you for joining us on as listening to this. We we love being friends with you. We love talking about Jesus together. Thank you, Dr. Jim and those thank of you, you who Jim, want so to much. Yeah. Oh you're welcome. Thank you for and, having uh, me. I, I love doing these programs with you guys. Oh it's it's just great. And I'll tell you, any one of you who are intrigued and feel this like, yes, I want to try heart physics. You're invited. Go to livetransformed.com. Start exploring the possibilities. The first program is called Essential Heart Physics. We'll have it right there on the website. Mm -hmm. And just want to let you know that it's worth the investment. It is. It's worth the investment. Jim, thank you. We're looking forward to next week already. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Jim, have a good day. And to all of you there blessings and peace to your heart today. Experience his love today.